When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everyone. Just to let you know, you might hear a siren a couple times in this episode. It was something that we didn't hear during recording, and I edited out as much as I could, so I do apologize if it bothers you, but thank you so much for listening to the Comedy Quiz Podcast. Enjoy. Welcome to the Comedy Quiz Podcast. Each show, we pit two comedians against each other to play a game of fact or fiction. And now let's welcome your quiz master... David Shore. Thank you, Shuli Cowan. So great to be back on the Comedy Quiz Fact or Fiction. Today's contestants are both involved with the upcoming CTV sitcom Shelved, and they're both members of the Untitled Black Sketch Project. Let's meet them. They are an award-winning improviser, actor, writer, and director, an alumni of the Second City. Film and TV credits include Station Eleven, Tokens, Top Line, and Shelved. They've appeared at Just for Laughs, plus the Toronto, Montreal, and New York Sketch Comedy Festivals. And the National Film Board of Canada produced their directorial debut short, I Am Gay. Please say hello to Ajanis Charlie. Hello, Ajanis! Hello, thank you. That introduction makes me sound like I do a million things. I really just eat chips all day, so. <laughs> well, the reality. eating chips is paying off for you, I have to say. And our other contestant, he is an award-winning improviser, actor, and writer. An alumnus of the Second City main stage, his acting credits include Baroness Von Sketch Show, This Art Works, The Next Step, and Tall Boys. His writing credits include Run the Burbs, This Hour Has 22 Minutes, The Parker Andersons, Amelia Parker, Tall Boys, and of course, Shelved. Please say hello to Brandon Hackett. Hello, Brandon. Hello. Hi, David. How you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for being here. Before we move on and get into the show, I want to let our listeners know that in our show notes, you'll find hot links to both of Janice's and Brandon's websites, plus links to the Comedy Quiz's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram accounts, and links to follow Shuli Cowan and myself. Okay. The way the Comedy Quiz works is I'm going to read a statement and then each contestant will have to decide if that statement is fact or fiction. Please, as always, feel free to play along at home and also to post your score on one of our uh, social media accounts on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. So let's see how you do compared to Brandon and Janice. All right. Our main topic today is the African nation of Ethiopia. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Have either of you been to Ethiopia? I have never been. I've been to Africa, but I've never been to Ethiopia. Have either of you been? No. No, but there's a couple of great Ethiopian restaurants in the city, so I'm going to hope that 
by osmosis, I've learned something <laughs> eating there. It's there are so many. There are no. You're right. There are a number of great Ethiopian restaurants, and I love that you can eat with your hands, and it's gluten free. So if yeah, people don't know that. Hands, oh. The plate is kind of also the dish. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. you got to respect that. It's really effective. Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's get started. Here is your first statement. Ethiopia uses its own calendar. And at the time of this recording, it is the year 2015 there. Fact or fiction? Brandon, why don't we start with you? Um, okay. <laughs> uh, I am going to say, oh boy, <laughs> I just realized that uh, I'm in a situation where everyone's going to see how truly dumb I am. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say fiction because... What what is the twenty? If it's twenty fifteen, there, what would they be counting up from? <laughs> That's a very good question. That is a very good question. A good point, Janice. What about you? You think it's fact or fiction? Uh, I've, I haven't decided yet. All I know is that I'm I'm jealous, and I wish I was living in twenty fifteen because <laughs> I feel like past that year, a lot of tricky stuff goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a very good question. What, what five years are missing and or seven years are missing and what are they hiding? <laughs> okay, I'm gonna have to go with. I'm gonna have to go with. I have to go with fact. I'm just too curious. I want to know what it's like. I, I I hope that someone out here is living still in 2015. So I'll go with fact. All right. So Janice says it's a fact. Brandon says fiction. Let's find out. It's a fact. Wow. That's right. Ethiopia does use its own calendar, and that calendar consists of 12 months that are all 30 days long, followed by a 13th month, which either has five or six days depending on its leap year. So it is, according to their calendar, 2015 in Ethiopia right now during this recording. Why? That is a... Well, it's their calendar. They could do what they yeah. want. Their country. <laughs> you know, it's like, my house, my rules, their country, their rules. Fair. What is that 13th month called? Should I bother to ask? <laughs> that I don't know. I really, that I don't know. I don't think any of us speaks any of the languages that are spoken there. So maybe that was a fruitless question. <laughs> Actually, it's not a fruitless question. It's just something I didn't think to look up. So I do apologize for that. You know, I saw this fact about Ethiopia and I was fascinated by it, which is why we have the whole topic. Because this is super fascinating month or a factoid about a month. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to our next statement. Before gaining independence... Ethiopia was an Italian colony and then became a British colony at the end of World War II. Fact or fiction? Janice, why don't we start with you this time? It's got to be fact. Ethiopian pasta is fire. And I don't know if you had an Ethiopian tea service, but like it is some of the best in the world. So I think the cultural exports are so on point because they had to... All great culture comes from some sort of suffering, so I gotta go with like I gotta go with fact. All right, you're saying fact, Brandon. What about you? Fact or fiction? Uh, okay. <laughs> I feel like I am uh, I am driving <laughs> with my headlights off, <laughs> blind in the in the in the forest right now. So um, I'm going to say fiction, just as counterpoint. Mm-hmm. But it's not. But uh, I'm going to say that it's like fiction by way of. Uh, one detail's been like fudged, so it's mm. maybe it's mostly true, but maybe they were not colonized by the British. And this, <laughs> I'm gonna regret saying that because then I'm probably gonna. <laughs> you should. I don't know. The British they get around. They do. They do. That's but true. you know, so many so many European cultures colonized Africa uh, that uh, 
they got to get their due, <laughs> their evil yeah, due. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Italy, this is this is. We need to give <laughs> Italy something, I guess. Oh, for sure. I think. <laughs> I mean, what else do they have if not Ethiopia? Yeah, that's true. All right, so you're saying fiction, fiction, and Ajana says fact. Let's find out. It's fiction. That's right. It is fiction, Brandon. You are correct. But Ethiopia, in fact, is the only country in Africa that was never completely colonized. Italy did try to colonize it in 1935 and held a military occupation over parts of the country for six years. But Ethiopian forces were fighting the Italians the whole time, and Italy never had control over the whole country. I feel like I do remember hearing this. And yeah, you know what? I, I should, I think I should have been able to guess this correctly because Italy barely has control over their own country. Like, why did I give that to them at all? All right, let's move on to our next statement. Abib Bikola won Ethiopia's first ever Olympic gold medal at the 1960 Rome Olympics by winning the marathon in a world record time while running barefoot. Fact or fiction? Brandon, let's start with you this time. I am going to say fiction again mm-hmm. because, uh, because <laughs> <laughs> that seems like a, ter- like a, like a very painful thing to do <laughs> yes. to run barefoot. Yeah. I was going to say my original reason was going to be, uh, that Rome doesn't hold the Olympics, but anyway, Olympics may be anywhere. Mm-hmm. For some reason, the Olympics were in my brain. The Olympics were still held in Greece. <laughs> uh, my brain is short. Old, you're very old school. I'm very old school. Yeah, for sure. But I'm going to say I'm going to say fiction because it seems like uh, an impossible, uh, an impossible accomplishment. All right. So you're saying fiction. Janice, mm-hmm. what about you? What do you think? I'm going to say fact because I hope it's true. <laughs> I just like the idea of an athlete saying, "Yo, I don't even need these Nikes. I'm going to chuck these and I'm going to stomp my barefoot feet all over y'all and then proceeding to win gold. I am aware that just because a sentence is something that I like, that doesn't make it an actual fact. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that's going to be my strategy for this game. I'm going to lean into what I want to be true, regardless of whether or not it is. So this one's a fact to me, even if it's fiction, it's fact. All right. I like I like that attitude, that way of thought. All right. So you're saying fact, whether or not it's a fact, you're saying it's a fact to you. It's, it's part of my canon now. <laughs> okay. And Brandon is saying fiction. Let's find out. It's a fact. Yeah, it is a fact. He had bought running shoes when he went to Rome, but they didn't fit well and gave him blisters. So he decided to run the race barefoot. And then he won a second consecutive Olympic gold in 64 wearing shoes the next time around. Well, good, good for him. Goes to show that anywhere, anywhere you go, as a black person trying to get shoes, they're not going to have a size. <laughs> I like we have the opposite problem. I feel like I, I need the kids selection, and you probably. <laughs> yes, yeah, no, I'm a, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a giant person who cannot find shoes. So Is that I really you have difficulty <laughs> finding shoes. I do, I do. I have to buy them online, and they never fit anyway. I find now, you know, a lot of shoe companies don't make half sizes, which I find makes it a lot more difficult. It's like the whole size or whatever. That feels like such a small, uh, small difference though. Like, do you need, do you need specifically a half size? If I don't want blisters, you know, and that's the other thing. I mean, shoes, every yeah. shoe fits differently, right? Not to get into specifics, but I've tried on shoes that are two sizes too small. And it's like, these fit perfect, which makes mm-hmm. no sense to me. So, mm-hmm. you know, I try and avoid buying shoes, but I'm old. So there you go. All right, let's move on. 
And we're sticking with with Abib Bikola. Before winning his second Olympic gold in 64, he won the Boston Marathon in 1963. Fact or fiction? Janice, let's start with you this time. And let and and let us know if you think it's a fact or if it's a fact for you. Let's go with two. We're gonna need two answers, right? Oh, I can already tell you it's a fact for me. This guy's the greatest <laughs> athlete has ever lived, mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned, and has won every marathon possible. <laughs> but was the Boston Marathon is it one of those like legacy marathons that's been going on for a hundred years or or not? I think it is one of the old, I mean, it's the most well-known marathon, I think, at least in North America. I guess it it's is. Definitely, you know. And that's not giving away anything with the answer. It's not, I mean, the Boston Marathon was definitely happening in the 60s. It's not. It was the thing. Okay, that is yeah. not up for dispute. Okay, I'm going to say fiction only because I feel like there's something, oh, now I'm debating myself. The, there's something about like the the paths of like going from living in Ethiopia, then going to Boston for a run and then going to Rome, something about it just doesn't feel like the ideal like travel timeline to me. Because Boston, I guess Boston in the summer is not bad. Let me just I'm trying to get back to the back. Like it was the year before. He won his second Olympic in 64 and he won the Boston Marathon in 63. So I'm not sure of the exact timing. They were all in the summer or spring or what, but. I could be doing this completely wrong, but I'm trying to get into the mindset of this guy and like, what he wants to like travel to Boston the year before? Or is he like, I'm going to Rome. Like, why do I want to travel to a, a B tier city when I'm going to one of the greatest? Like, I feel like it'd be underwhelming in the end. Mm. But that's completely apart from the, the actual information here. So I'm going to say that this is a fact. Yeah. He went to Boston. He <laughs> went to the Boston Tea Party and ran and won the whole thing. It's true. Okay, so you're saying fact. Brandon, what about you? Fact or fiction? Oh, I'm really uh I'm really uh stuck on this one because I, I think I agree with Ajanis where mm-hmm. the trajectory of going to Boston and then to Rome, it kind of feels a little bit weird. And I, it feels weird to me because it's like, why would you go far away and then the next year your you know your next big thing is you go closer to you doesn't make any sense to me. I will offer something, though. I don't know if I'm <laughs> allowed to interject enough. Yeah, go ahead. please. Yeah, go ahead. The thing that gave me pause, though, was like, maybe he was training for the Olympics and decided to enlist in the marathon mm. to to have like uh, some exercise before the real thing. And one of my other strategies in playing this game, this quiz tonight, is just trying to confuse you with more information. To increase my odds. Because <laughs> I think you have more education. So I need to play dirty tactics. So that's why. No, I'm I'm pretty dumb. Uh, <laughs> as established off the top of this. <laughs> I know nothing about history. So I am going to, you know what? I'm going to settle on the fact that this is fiction. <laughs> I'm going to settle on this being fiction. Uh, because while it is convincing to think that he trained for the Boston Marathon in order to get to the Olymp- get to the Olympics, it feels like for some reason to me, the greater culture shock would be going to the States first and then going to Italy when it'd have to warm up for the, I don't know if that makes any sense. I think it's fiction. All right. Put me down as fiction. <laughs> I'm right, going with my heart. Saying, my heart says it's fiction. All right. Your heart says it's fiction. And Janice, yeah. Janice, you said fact, right? I say fact. All right. And you said fact. Let's find out. It's fiction. That's right. 
It is mm-hmm. fiction. He did go to Boston, Brandon, but he finished fifth in the Boston Marathon. And it was the only time in his competitive career that he competed in an international marathon and didn't win it. So he'd gone like to other places. You know, he was a marathoner. So he went and ran marathons, I think, all over the world. You know what? I, I bet he came fifth because he kept the shoes on. If he had just <laughs> flung them off, he would have been taking gold, baby, I believe. All right. And let's go to our last statement for this round. Ethiopia is the birthplace of coffee and the home to some of the best tasting coffee in the world. But coffee beans are Ethiopia's number two export behind other oily seeds. Fact or fiction? And yes, I did say other oily seeds. Uh, Janice, why don't we start with you this time? (laughs) I mean, my guess was that their number one export would be crude oil, but usually those are seedless. Usually... Secondary to other oily, what other oily seeds are? Let me just say there? this: other oily <laughs> seeds is a real thing. Whether or not it's the number, you know, it's it's the number one export. That's what we'll find out. What you think? But I will say it is a real thing that I had never heard of before researching this question. So it's like <laughs> the actual technical term is oily seeds. Other oily seeds. Other oily seeds. Interesting. Yeah. Who's who? I'm. Who, what? What? What seed is being relegated here is my question. Like, is it pecan? Like, <laughs> like what poor walnut is being othered in this? We need to stop the marginalization of <laughs> fruit byproducts. So I have to go with fiction because I feel like when I think coffee, I think, and when I think Ethiopia, I think the two that just go together, like Ethiopian coffee is their whole ritual. Everything about it, I feel like is such a, such a known thing that I feel like this has to be false. So yes, I go fiction. All right. So you're going fiction. Brandon, what about you? Fact or fiction? I am going to say fact. The only oily seeds I can think of, which I don't even think this is this counts, is uh, olives. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> olive, uh, olive seeds. That's a huge stretch, I will acknowledge. But due to Ethiopia being kind of like Eastern Africa, but also somewhat closer to North and sort of close-ish to the Mediterranean region, I'm going to say. Maybe they got a lot of olive tree, trees down there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe that, uh, by some miracle, is uh, their major export. The old oily seeds. Olives. So I'm going to say fact. All right, you're saying fact. Yeah. Janice is fiction. Let's find out. It's fiction! That's right, it is fiction. Other oily seeds are the number two export of Ethiopia, with coffee being number one. I And I'm serious. I'd never heard of other, oil, like, quote unquote, that's what it's called, other oily seeds. <laughs> and I did Google, what are other oily seeds? There's a lot of seeds I've never heard of and some that I have. And, uh, and literally right now, I'm blanking on all of them. I don't even want to speculate on which seeds they might be. But you could definitely, it's something you can Google. It's a real thing, other oily seeds, and it's Ethiopia's number two export. That seems so broad, though. That's like mm-hmm. having your country's first, like your primary import being like bananas or something like that. And then the second one being mm-hmm. other things. <laughs> like it just feels like a, like a specific thing and then a category. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so <laughs> who am I to critique uh, other oily seeds? And there it's like, and it's hundreds of millions of dollars when I looked it up. Like they export, it's a lot of money. They do gotta give them their due. Like 
I think um, canola is in the other category, and canola is doing the work. Like canola deserves a canola category. Mm, mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. it is because canola. It's like the canola is the Canadian. It's Canadian, right? Isn't it like a big Canadian thing invented here? It's like Canada exports the most canola. That's that's a topic for another show. <laughs> <laughs> I think, but let's total up the scores in the end of round one. Janice is in the lead by a score of three to two. So very close game. Anyone's game uh, going into the speed round. But before that, now is the part of the show where we get to know our contestants. And Janice, I mentioned during your intro that your directorial debut, I Am Gay, was produced by the National Film Board of Canada, which is a big deal here in Canada. Can you tell us about it? Yeah, I had applied to one of their uh, projects, uh, open proposals. In the early pan- pandemic, their From Where I Am program, mm-hmm. where uh, young filmmakers were tasked with like pitching a film project to do that captures what your home life is like right now in the early days of the pandemic. Um, I wanted to do a project about uh, the intersection of race and sexuality. And so I was like, I want to come out to all of the members of my immediate family on camera and show what these conversations look like in the context of a Caribbean household. And did it, had some fun reactions, had some important conversations. And I think that the the short achieves what I wanted it to, which was to have some sort of framework or guideline for other people in this kind of situation, people like me and this kind of conversation isn't something that's covered often in any sort of media. So I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to do this myself. And it's, it's not a long film. I watched it. We're going to put a, there will be a link in the hot links. You can wa- I, I recommend everybody watching it. It's very moving. It's hilarious because you're very funny in it. And I also <laughs> thought it was very brave. You know, my first wife wasn't Jewish. And when I, I was so nervous introducing to her, my mother, and it doesn't compare, I think to, to, the, to like your whole family, you know, your family, this. So, I really enjoyed it. All right. And Brandon, you've uh, written on a number of different TV shows. And from time mm-hmm. to time, you'll post about, you know, writing, you know, your writing experiences. What are some of the misconceptions you find that people have about writing? People think that writing is super hard. And I'm here to say that it's so easy. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Uh, no, it. Um, yeah, I mean, writing is very hard, and I feel like I came into it with uh, the idea that it was fun to express myself, and it is absolutely fun to express oneself in writing, but I think what a lot of people, when they ask me what it's like to write in television or write anything, what they tend to ask me, what they, what they don't tend to understand is that it is a very collaborative process, and that's what mm-hmm. makes it easier. You know, like, you write a script and you get your credit on a script. It's never, you're never the sole author <laughs> of that script or that idea. You know, mm-hmm. it, so many people's ideas have gone into it. Like you've worked collaborative, collaboratively with a team to kind of break story and to write outlines and, and sort of refine it and then get to the first draft. And then there are subsequent drafts and that sort of thing. So it's very, it's very collaborative. And it's as, as much as I wish that I could take all of the credit for being <laughs> a TV genius, the TV genius of Canada, I can't. <laughs> Because uh, everyone who works in a room puts the, puts the work into every single script. Well, thank you for that insight on the collaborative effort of writing. And it's time to move on to... Contestants, start your engines. It's time for the speed round. All right. And in the speed round, I'll be making a series of statements to one contestant at a time. And Brandon, since you are trailing, you get to choose between our two topics which are the moon and raccoons. Ooh, 
two things that bewilder me. (laughs) I'm going to say the moon. All right. So your topic, Brandon, all your questions, all your statements, sorry, will be regarding the moon. And these statements are just for you. Your first statement. The moon moves 3.78 centimeters away from the earth each year. Fact or fiction? Fact. You are correct. That that is a fact. Moving on. According to Apollo 17 astronaut Harrison Schmidt, moon dust smells like gunpowder. Fact or fiction? Fiction. I'm sorry, Brandon. That is a fact. That is what he said it smelled like. What? Yeah. Well, I've never smelt moon dust, so I don't. I I thought it smelled like space, which apparently smells like, um, well, space smells like, what is it, meat? Smells like rotten meat or something like that? Does it? Oh. Smells like meat and and sulf, like, I don't know. What is it? It smells like meat and and metal, meat and metal. That's what I heard space smells like. Interesting. All right. Let's get back to the moon. The moon has a permanent dark side. Fact or fiction? Fact. I'm sorry, Brandon, that is fiction. What? Only one side of the moon permanently faces the Earth, which is why there's that myth that there's a dark side of the moon. You know, the moon, like us, us being the Earth, moves around the sun and both sides of the moon are exposed to the sun. Does that mean the same? Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> it doesn't mean there, there is not a permanent dark side of the moon. Both sides of the moon are exposed to the sun. All right. Pink Floyd lied. Yeah, he did. It's where the myth, but it's all about this one, this myth. Hmm. All right. Your next statement, gravity on the moon is only one quarter of what it is on Earth. Fact or fiction? Fiction. You are correct. It is fiction. It is one-sixth the gravity of the Earth. And your final statement, to date, no water has been found on the moon. Fact or fiction? Fiction. You are correct. It is fiction. India's Shadrian 1 mission found water close to the moon's poles, and NASA has found water in its soil. So there is water on the moon. All right. Janice, your topic is raccoons and your first statement. When he was president of the United States, Calvin Coolidge once received a gift of a live raccoon to have his Thanksgiving dinner. Fact or fiction? Oh, yeah, we know Calvin Coolidge. He's a joker of a guy. He would have loved that bit. <laughs> Gotta be fact. You're right. It is a fact. It was gifted by one Vinnie Joyce from Mississippi. And your next statement relates to that. The FBI arrested Vinnie Joyce as the raccoon he sent to the president had rabies, and the gift was seen as an attempt to harm Coolidge. Fact or fiction? That is fascinating if true um it's gotta be fiction that is fiction fiction all right you're right it is fiction at the time raccoons were actually a popular thanksgiving dinner and far fewer of them had rabies so moving on to your next statement rather than have the raccoon killed and served for dinner president coolidge pardoned the animal and adopted it as a pet fact or fiction that is fact it's uh, actually, Rocky the Raccoon, that's uh, a famous presidential pet. Yeah, I'm going to go with fact. I like the story, regardless of whether or not it's true. Well, you're right. It is a fact. Coolidge and his wife adopted the raccoon, and they named it Rebecca, which is close to Rocky. So. Uh, Rocky's the middle name, sorry. Re- <laughs> Rebecca Rocky Coolidge, full name. There you go. All right, your next statement. 
Rebecca the Raccoon was so popular that a doll modeled and named after her actually outsold teddy bears in the United States in 1924. Fact or fiction? Fiction, and I will add, I didn't know this set was going to be about one specific raccoon. <laughs> um, this is this is fiction. Well, you're right. It is fiction. And and that's the way just the, the topics happen sometimes. Just, <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's very funny. Me and Rebecca, we go way back. Yeah. <laughs> Your last statement, also about Rebecca the raccoon. Although she lived in a special treehouse on the White House grounds, she was allowed to roam freely inside the White House. Fact or fiction? Absolutely true. Rebecca does what she wants. <laughs> you know what? You are right. She was known to wander through the White House, unscrew light bulbs, open cabinets, and unpot houseplants. She was not a fan of a potted houseplants. And I think, Janice, you swept that uh, that topic. What just came over me? I don't know what <laughs> raccoon deity entered my my body and bestowed upon me the ancestral information. But wow, I, I did not see that coming. No, well done there. And let me total up the scores and... Who's the winner? Well, the winner is no surprise if you're paying attention. Is, is a Janice by a score of eight to four. And guess what, everybody? That is the end of the show. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry for the beat down, Brandon. I was not expecting to be a right world will, The world will now know just how dumb I am. <laughs> hey, anything could happen in the show. And no one is dumb. And you're both winners because guess what? You both win fun. We had fun doing the show. I we hope. Did. <laughs> yes. And I'd like to thank both of our contestants, Janice Charlie and Brandon Hackett. You'll find hot links to both of their websites in the show notes as well as Janice's film. If you like today's show, please give us a rating and or review. If you want to listen to more episodes or subscribe. There's a link to do so on your platform of choice. There's also hot links in the show notes to the Comedy Quiz's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram accounts, plus links to follow Shuli Cowan and myself. My name is David Shore. On behalf of Shuli Cowan and myself, I just said that twice. Thank you so much for listening. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Hey, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Just to let you know, I got the score wrong at the end. Janice still won by a score of 8 to 5, not 8 to 4, so I do apologize to Brandon. And I hope you enjoyed the episode. Adios! Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.